This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening. Welcome to Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton. I'm joined on this evening by... Um, Phil Marsh and not Lee Lawrence, but someone equally as handsome as Lee, um, Dave Murphy. Um, Lee has been unavoidably detained, unfortunately, um, but I'm still delighted to be joined by some of my favourite people in the world to talk about Manchester United. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions and your comments in. Sorry about the late start. If you're watching live on the replay, or live on the replay, if you're watching the replay, Feel free to say hello and comment. We do still reply to the comments and, and we get. If you're listening back on the audio podcast as well, please be sure to give us um, a comment and review and like and subscription on the review that you're listening on. Um, yeah, lads, we are going to talk about the FA Cup final day and the first ever Manchester Derby in FA Cup final. Before I do that, um, been a while since I've talked to both of you, and uh, Phil. Definitely a while since we've been doing the Friday night pods for one reason or another. You know, it's just never worked out for the last sort of two or three months, um, especially um, concerning with your, you know, your um, rehabilitation at the moment. Um, not that that's the main reason <laughs> I hasten to add there. Not for putting the blame on Phil. It's been a thing where none of us have been able to sort of align the diaries. Um, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, all good, mate. As I say, it has been a long while since we've been able to get on, so looking forward to uh, having a catch-up and having a bit of a chat about the football. Obviously, I've missed that. Um, but yeah, as you said then, just had the surgery last week, so um, in a cast at the moment and, and sort of got a little bit of time on the sidelines. Um, so I'll probably have a bit more time, to be fair, now, Wayne, to, to, to sort of do some podcasts, so there'll be no excuses really now uh, for me to not be on the show. Um but yeah, no, all good, mate. As I say, it's it's a bit frustrating at the minute with with obviously, you know, eight weeks in a cast and not being able to get about and do the usual stuff. But um, as I say, I'm I'm you know enjoying it. The weather's nice and it's it's one of them things. I've, I'd I'd rather have it done now so I can get sort of back before the start of the season. Yeah, getting our um, week of summer in Manchester. If that's not clear by the um, fact that I've got sun actually gazing through my window. Um, Devo, how are you doing? 
Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Nice, nice, uh, nice morning here in California. Um, yeah, so I can't complain about the sunshine because nobody wants to listen back home. So, yep, Thank all you. good, ready to go. Excited to talk about um, the first Manchester FA Cup final. I'm winning it, obviously. You're not going to be doing that for very long, are you? Loading it over us. <clears throat> no, no, not at all. I'm moving. I'm moving back to Ireland in a couple of weeks, so that's where my time has been spent over the past month emptying a house buying a house selling a house and shipping stuff back across the world so it's been fun that's why i'm i'm in my son's room now because we have no furniture and his bed is the only thing that i can sit on so <laughs> we're just um, living like homeless people in an encampment um on air beds and yeah it's it's been fun for the past three weeks yeah um dave says three weeks probably about six years they've been living like that I'm joking. I'm joking. They're, they're very nice. The Murphy family are very nice. Um, yeah. Um, bad news for the listeners and viewers, of course, because hopefully coming on will mean more of you on on our podcast as well, because the, the time zones will align that very nicely. Um, yep. Right. Let's before we start about the final. Obviously, the league season has concluded. United um, finished third in the table. Um, victory over Fulham. It's sort of, come, you know, sort of that out. Uh, it seemed fairly certain after we beat Elsa the other night. Um, really nice sort of conclusion to the season, considering we had a little wobble after the um, Europa exit and the couple of injuries that we picked up. Um, Phil, I'll, I'll come to you first. How are you feeling in terms of general health of Manchester United at the moment? Um, I know the FA Cup final is going to give a different um, perception of how successful the season's been. But up until now, how, how would you assess the, the job that Ten Hag's done? Fantastic. I think he's he's done, you know, he's overachieved by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think every United fan when he first took over this year would have been sceptical, especially after the start that we had, you know, the, the first couple of games, losing them two games and in the fashion that we lost them games. Um, to sort of turn around and, and sort of look at what we've achieved this season and where we are. Um, you know, already a trophy in the bag. We finished top four, which was probably the main priority for all uh, people concerned with the club this year, um, just in terms of a stepping stone to move forward. Um, you know, to have already achieved those two things and still have another FA Cup final to, to come, um, as well as the progress, you know, numerous players have made under the manager this year. Um, it's, been a, it's been a fantastic year. Um, obviously, there has been a couple of little wobbles and, you know, there has been periods in the season where we have struggled and there's been a few results where, you know, we, we should have definitely done better. Um, but overall, I think, you know, the job the manager's done and, and sort of, you know, the squad on, on the whole have been brilliant. And uh, as you say, we have had, you know, a bit of bad luck with injuries and, and suspensions at times um, and to still come through and, and sort of, you know, finish in the way we have. I think it's testament to, to everybody involved. Um Looking forward to obviously the FA Cup final on on um, weekend, which you know would obviously be the cherry on the cake if we if we could you know do that, especially against City or on for the treble. You know we'd love to sort of upset that and and not let that um, you know be equal sort of from the ninety nine. Um, but yeah, you know overall I think the, the the season's been fantastic, and I'm looking forward to obviously a couple of new signs coming through the door and and sort of making. You know, a little slight improvement in certain areas that we're, we're definitely lacking. And as I say, you know, we can kick on and, and hopefully the, 
the glory days are, are, are back in the, the sort of um, you know sites if you like yeah um, interesting the season's not even concluded really United are linked heavily with a couple of players a striker and a, um, a midfielder looking like they might get two of them over the line pretty soon um, which is very surprising but uh, we do have to focus on the sort of running David. there was a little bit of a wobble it looked at one moment like United might even struggle to get in the top four because Liverpool had a good run of form and everyone was <laughs> yes, kind of speculating that United were going to be the team to drop out. They were the most vulnerable with the run of form and the injuries that they had. But they picked it back up. They got through to the, fire, the FA Cup final, of course, but they, they got through to the Champions League, finished um, third. There was the danger... That if the form had continued to stumble in United, regardless of whether they got in the top four or not, if the form had continued to sort of stumble and, you know, let's say being indifferent and then let's say the last two wins have been draws, but they'd still managed to get in that top four, um, that the, the picture would look fairly different now, regardless of what happens on Saturday. Um, I think, I think my personal opinion is regardless of what happens on Saturday, and I know it's going to take up a big book for this uh, podcast anyway. But regardless of that, it does still feel like it's positive end to the season because of those couple of wins that we picked up and the way that we played football in those. It was really good performance as well. Like maybe not for little periods of the game against Chelsea, but then when when they looked vulnerable, we really looked like we were going to kill them off and we scored four. And then it was a generally decent performance against Fulham to, to come back from um, losing um, in, in the first half the way that we did. Uh, are you feeling positive about the way the way the win of the season? Are you feeling like it's a, the, the way that we concluded everything is a really good representation of where we're at at the moment? Yeah, I mean, Phil hit on a lot of the points I was gonna I was gonna go into as well. You know, the start of the season was atrocious. I think we would have we would have we were gonna take a top four at the start of the season, and then after the two games, we would have taken a top six. So to finish in the top three. And the way that we finished with, with with a couple of wins, yes, there was a bit of a wobble. Um, didn't overly concern me uh, about Liverpool catching us per se, because you know our home form is is exceptional. So, um, <clears throat> and and I was going to make that point that you know even if even if we lose the cup final on Saturday, which I don't believe we will, but even if we do lose the cup final on Saturday, it it shouldn't take away from a fantastic season that we have. You know, but I do know there will be a reaction from a section of our supporters that it it ended on a bad note. Um, uh, you know, we'll use the old cliche: if you had a if you had a presented me with a trophy and a third place finish at the start of the season, <clears throat> I would have taken your hand off. <clears throat> I think most people would. But there's always that thing where you know your final game is uh, is a cup final, and it can tend to take the shine off your season. For me personally, I don't think it will. Um, I think we know our weaknesses. I think Ten Hag knows his weaknesses. He's he seems to be making moves in the market. Uh, Mason Mount looks like it could be a deal that could be done. Um, I think that would be an absolutely fantastic signing. Uh, I just hope it doesn't drag on and on and on and on. Um, and I think if we get you know if we get someone like of Harry Kane's uh, caliber into the team, we will push City. You got to remember Arsenal pushed City all the way until the last month or so, and then they collapsed. Um, I just, I always felt that Arsenal didn't have the legs for it. I really didn't. Uh, but City can be pushed. We can see that. And if, if Harry Kane's scoring 30 goals for, for Tottenham, he'll he'll get a hell of a lot. Harry Kane's achievement, 30 goals at Tottenham, 
for me was was a massive achievement compared to Haaland's 36 at City. Um, I personally believe that if Harry Kane had gone to Man City when he did, he'd be scoring 36, 40 goals a season as well. I honestly believe that. Um, I, I, you know, the one thing I like about Ten Hag is I, I think he recognizes that we do have faults, and I think he recognizes where the where the team is weak. My only concern, I've got two concerns for the summer. One is the sale of the club, um, because because the transfer is going to hinge on that what budget we have, um, but, uh, you know that hanging around is going to is going to hinder us. And this, and the second thing is uh, getting getting enough players out of the club. We we must have you know ten to twelve players that need to be moved on. We know a couple of them will, uh, but it's the ones that are still in contract is the ones that's going to cause us concern. Because the roll-on effect, the knock-on effect of that is, you know, all of a sudden your budget is a hell of a lot smaller if we can't get rid of some of these players. So, but to get back to your original question, uh, I think it's been a very, very positive, positive season. We've made huge strides. I mean, uh, when you when you put it to last season uh, compared to this season, it's night and day. It really is. Ten Hag has taken us to a different level, not to the level that we want to be at, uh, but I think he knows that. Uh, I think he does. Um, and identifying players early on in the process. Uh, I hope he's learned from the the Jean, uh, uh situation last summer, where that that just took all summer. The guy wasn't coming. Um, I don't think Ten Hag's got to wait around for many players to summer because he knows he needs to get them in. But yeah. when I lose this cup final, for me, it was an absolutely fantastic season. Um, there's more to come, um, and there's, there's there's more levels for us to go up. But we've got a great foundation to build on from this season. So. Yeah, some really good points about the transfers. Obviously, that's going to be something that we come back to plenty of times over the summer. But um, I do feel, if you look at the first summer, considering it was first summer, the, the turnover of players was pretty great. Um, and you probably expect something similar this time. So you're not going to see a manager who's afraid to be ruthless. The other thing is, a lot of people are on the fence about Mount. Um, I don't speculate too much about a player that we haven't signed. But it does strike me a little bit like the Matic signing. It's a bit left field. It's not the one that most people would pick, but it's the one that the manager wants. He identifies what he wants in the team. And we, we, we really don't know how it's going to end up. Um, he he kind of does a lot of Ericsson things. Um, I'm not saying he's as quality on the ball in terms of creating, but his movement is probably, well, it's not probably is better than Ericsson's. And if he's a, a complement in that kind of oil, um, he's obviously better on the ball than Fred and McTominay. You can't you, you can't really quibble with what the manager's looking at, um, but yeah, that's going to be something to come back to over the summer. Um, I think sorry, Wayne. I think I think one of the things we we need to remember as well as supporters is that not every player that we're going to sign it has to fit straight into the first eleven. You know, those yeah. days are long gone. You know, with the amount of games that we play and the you know we've seen it this season, it was every three games or every three days we had a game, and it killed yeah. the players at one point when we had that major blip. It's no coincidence that when we started to have games seven days apart, we started to kick on. Um, and as well as that, you know, Phil said earlier on we had some suspensions. I mean, we were missing Casemiro for seven games. We were we were right at that tipping point with Arsenal when we lost Casemiro. And I honestly believe that we wouldn't have lost at Arsenal if we had him. And that could have changed our season and theirs at that point as well. Um, 
But I do, I, I do honestly believe that, you know, we, we need to get in better better squad players. And, and Mason Mount is a very, very good squad player. If, if you're asking me, if you're asking me, you know, would we prefer him or, you know, Sabitzer, who I like a lot, but, you know, his season ended badly. So I'm not sure whether they're going to hold on to him. Uh, McTominay or Fred, Mason Mount is top of the list there. And is that not what we want? We want a bigger squad. We want a better squad. Uh, so I think, you know, as supporters, we got to, we got to hold back. And, and I've seen, like you said, people are on the fence on Mason Mount. I'm not sure why. He's a quality player. He's 24, and he's going to be relatively cheap for what normally a decent English player goes for, let's be honest. Um, 50, 60 million is probably going to be the price tag. Uh, so I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I really would. He's, he is a squad player. He's not, he's not a first. I don't believe he's a first 11 right now. But Ericsson is not getting any younger, and neither is Casemiro. I just I don't see the point of of us just believing that we should be buying players that would automatically go from one to eleven. No team other than City um, and maybe PSV um, or PSG have uh, that amount of money that they can have two squads. You know, one on the bench and one on the pitch. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. You mentioned Casemiro missed seven games with suspension, but he also missed a bunch of games. Obviously, signed late in the window. There was a period of acclimatization where people were saying it was going to be a flop like the bake, on the bake, if you remember, because he was not playing games. And I think we even asked the question on the podcast yeah. when he start and everything like that. Um, but he was obviously integrated wisely. It, it, that's reflective of the journey of the season. But yeah, part of the course with Manchester United, the start of the season, the tenor, I think it was Alison Rudd at the Times, she questioned his body language and the things he was wearing. Um, no, there was a bookmaker who, who closed odds on him getting sacked after the Brentford game. You know, there was a bookmaker offering favourable odds on United getting relegated at the start of the season. So these are all part... Uh, yeah, all right. It's sensationalised a bit because it's Manchester United, but you, you, this is the kind of thing that we're dealing with on a month-by-month basis. And so you look at those kind of things, look at the Ronaldo affair, all these kind of things... And the way that the club have stood behind Ten Hag, it's first season, so they were always going to do that anyway. But they did do it. And, all right, he, he made a little bit of noise about not getting back to in January the same way that some other clubs did. But I think he was just making the point that we didn't spend any transfer money. We brought in a, a few loans he had to economise, and we did it. And we got in the top three. And like you said, um, a massive, massive step forward from... From where we were um, this time last year, for sure. Um, so let's talk about the FA Cup final. That's why we're all here. Um, I, I, I wanted to break it up into different parts. We're going to sort of talk about how we think the game's going to go and the team predictions that we, you know, that we each have for you know who we think is going to line up for United. But Phil, um, I'll come to you first. Um, how big of an occasion is this? United have, you know, they've qualified for a number of FA Cups in the past. It's seen as the, the third biggest trophy after the Champions League and the league. Um, but, it, yeah, all right, that happens on on an annual basis when your team's competing on all fronts. When you're not competing on all fronts and when you're against the best team in the country at the moment, it, sim- it feels like it symbolises something a little bit bigger, doesn't it? So it's a big it's a big game for United. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive opportunity. I think, you know, as we've touched on there, you know, the, the hard work that the club's done, the manager's done, the players have put in this season, um, you know, it's a testament to them. And obviously this part of the season now is where you want to be and, and playing for the big trophies. Um, 
as I said, we, we've ticked off the main two boxes for me this year in terms of what, what would have been a brilliant season, and that was top four and a trophy. You know, whether that would have been the Carabao or the FA Cup or Europa League, whatever, we've, we've achieved that already. So I think for this now, I think it's maybe, you know, you could look at it as a free hit in some respects because, you know, you're playing against City, who's been, you know, absolutely unbelievable the last third of the season. You know, they've been blowing everyone away. I think, you know, they're the massive favourites. We're going in as underdogs, which I think will benefit us. Um, but, yeah, it, it's an opportunity for, you know, United to get another trophy. Um, I actually feel quietly confident about the game. Um, I, I just think that, you know, the way we finish the season, I think, um, obviously, City's going for the treble. He might have one eye on the uh, Champions League game. Um, and I, I've just got a funny feeling that, you know, that there's, there's something that, you know, could maybe, you know, cause a bit of an upset. And for me, you know, that would be an outstanding season. Two trophies in the top four, um, you know, for Ten Hag in his first proper season, um, you know, is a massive, um, a massive, you know, achievement. And, and as we've said, it's a, you know, it's only the start, really. We, we've still got a long way to go. We've still got a lot of recruitment that needs doing in, in you know, in terms of making the squad competitive and, and sort of so we can challenge on all fronts. Um, but yeah, the foundation from this season would be unbelievable if we could, you know, get that FA Cup in the bag as well. Um, you do obviously want to finish the season on a high. Uh, the last game of the season is always important. Um, but you know, from where we was at the start of the season to where we are now and what we've done, I think you know, even if we did get beat, um, you know, you, you've got to sort of look at the bigger picture and, and sort of see that, that the season overall and on a whole has been. You know, a massive positive, and um, yeah, you know, we we've just got to hope that the players can deliver on the big occasion. As I say, it's a one-off game, um, it's a cup final, it's a derby. You've got all them things to you know, in, in put into consideration. Um, a lot of players are in good form. You know, for both teams, I think it'll be a great game. Um, I've sort of played around in my head a little bit with how I think the game's going to pan out. I think. You know, it could go, obviously, you know, a lot of ways. I think if we can keep City quiet for the first half an hour and just play our way into the game, I think that, you know, that, that we can go and win the game. And as I say, you know, we've got the players who can, you know, make a difference. You know, Rashford this year from, from last year where he was, you know, he's been absolutely sensational. And we've got players now playing with confidence Um you know, Garnacho may get the nod. I think that's an interesting point. What I was going to probably come on to that in a little bit about the the starting teams, but obviously with Martial being, I think for me, you know, that's a game I, I'd you know give him a chance and and hopefully he can you know go out there with a point to prove. Yeah, interesting uh, thoughts there, Phil. Do you obviously see wrap the league up fairly early in terms of what people were expecting? So the last couple of games they rotated the squad and um, I think the last three games they rotated the squad and came with some mixed results in terms of performance and actual results on the pitch as well. Is that going to have any kind of impact? So you know, like because they were yeah, such a, you mentioned yeah. there was good form. Yeah, I think as you say, Wayne. I think it does. Obviously, you've got one eye on other competitions. If you're Manchester City, you know you, you've you've got three. Uh, titles that you was competing for, so you are going to have to, you know, shuffle the pack at times. But you know, when, when you've just come off the back of losing your last game in the Premier League off Brentford, you know, you you, you would have wanted to finish on a high. Although the, the league was already wrapped up, you know that 
still, you know, losing that game, going into another game, you know, now in, in a final where obviously players didn't play and there's going to be players coming back in to try and win that game. But, you know, I, I just feel as though Man United have got the impetus and um, sort of there's something that's just not sitting right with me that I think, you know, we are going to cause an upset. And obviously for City, you know, they want to win the treble. It's a massive game for them. You know, it's the second trophy in the bag if, if they win that and then they've got the Champions League, you know, the week or two later. So, yeah, they're going to be coming with a, a, a massive point to prove and they're obviously going to want to win that game. But for me, I've just got that, you know, a little feeling that we, we can, you know, cause an upset and, and get over the line, even if it's ugly, you know, it's a cup final. I just want to see the boys go out there and give it everything and, and hopefully we'll we'll have enough to, you know, cause that upset. Because as I say, we are massive underdogs. The way City have played this last third of the season has been, you know, incredible. Especially the game they played against um, Bayern Munich and, and sort of, you know, the, the Champions League games have been exceptional. So, we know what they can do, but as I say, it's a derby, it's a one-off game. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah it's difficult to sort of switch it on and switch it off, and a lot of people are going to make comparisons about the, the treble, United's treble, and whatever ends up this city season. And one of the biggest things that I thought was in United's favour is for that sort of loss, even from January, you might argue that every single game had so much pressure on it that there were performances all the time. They were required to turn up and deliver, especially that last six weeks. There was always something riding on it. Like even when the game went, game went to the second leg, there was always something riding on it. When the you know the semi-final, the, the final, every league game, it went to the last um, kick, not the last kick in the league, but the last um, sort of kickings in order to sort of get it over the line. And they had to, to win that last game, and that's not quite been the same for City. So, um, Dave, you're going to enjoy this because I know that you like me coming up with almonds and different stuff like that. So I've got three different things for you. Um, two of them, not not quite so great. Um, the one that I posted on Twitter earlier that United have busted two treble hopes in the past, which were Liverpool in '77 and Everton in '85. Everton's wasn't the European Cup; it was a Cup Winners' Cup, but United. Stopped both of those by um, winning the FA Cup and um, they could theoretically pull off a trail of Northwest travel busts by doing this. Um, the other two, nine previous games against City in the FA Cup, two of them, um, so United have won six, City have won three. Three of those include two two semi-finals, which are the furthest that the club have been, uh, the clubs have been. So two semi-finals, both won by City, both neutral venues and both with United scoring, without United scoring a goal. So they kept clean sheets in both of those. Um, although one was like back at the start of the 20th century and the other one was at the start of the, uh, the Yaya Tour one um, a few years ago when they went out to win the first FA Cup for a long time. And the, the final um, start, which you, you know that I like to dig for really obscure stuff, well, you might enjoy this. So if you go to every manager since Busby, well, including Busby and since Busby, every manager's first two Wembley Cup finals, and I, this is going to sound really pessimistic, Busby won his first and lost his second. Doherty lost his first and won his second. Atkinson 
won his first, uh, lost his first and won his second. Ferguson won his first and lost his second. And Mourinho won his first and lost his second. So there isn't a trend of someone matching the same two results. And as we all know, Tenard won his first. What? <laughs> you like the FA Cup. You like all the sort of tradition and everything like that. I've thrown a few random stats at you. How are you feeling about the Cup? Are you feeling a little bit more optimistic than what I am, considering all that sort of crap I've just thrown at you? Well, I mean, I'm glad you spent the last four and a half minutes explaining that because it means absolutely nothing to me because we're going to beat City on, on Saturday. Um, that's my honest opinion. Um, and I know when we were talking yesterday and you were you were rolling out that 1-1 one, one last one, I'm like, why do you like this? Why do you want to, why do, you want to do this to me three days before a cup final? I don't, I don't want to know about who won and who lost. It all comes down to Saturday. That's all. That's all I care about. Um, no, it is, it is a very interesting stat, it is, you know. Uh, uh, but, you know, these things are there to be broken. So, uh, Ten Hag is going to break that on Saturday. Um, I'm a little bit different to Phil in, in how I think the game will go. Um, I think our best our best chance with City is to just, from the word go, um, just attack. I really do. Um, I think if we try and sit back and... and Listen, I get it. I get trying to keep them calm for 30 minutes and stuff like that and, and trying to just keep it at a pace that we can control. But <clears throat> I think with City, they they become so used to teams doing that these days. Um, and with, with Jack Grealish and with Kevin De Bruyne, and, you know, they just have players that can unlock you. That's why I, I personally, when we get onto the teams, I would I would have one Vasaka in that team right away um, for Grealish. Um, but I, I I think our best our best uh, uh, plan is to just go at City right from the get-go. Um and, and try and nick a goal and then put it back on the City. Uh, any games that City have kind of lost that I've watched, I don't watch them that often, uh, they tend to kind of, you know, uh, not kind of show up after they go a goal or so down. Uh, that, obviously, there has been games where they've come back and annihilated teams. Um, but for the most part, of, when I've seen City get beat, the heads kind of drop. And, and you know, Phil... It, this is really a question for you. You know, you put yourself, you're, you know, you perform a professional football for Manchester United. You put yourself in that position, okay? You've got an FA Cup final on Saturday. You're a first 11 player. You get picked. You've got a Champions League final, you know, on Wednesday. Are you really going to go hell for leather? Are you going to put in that, you know, surging lunge? Are you going to, are you going to go in for those hard 50 50s? I got to believe a lot of players that are going to be in that starting 11 will have their mindset. On, on that uh, game on Wednesday because the treble means everything to the supporters. I'm not so sure it means everything to the players. I really don't. Um, I think a Champions League final is what means everything. A World Cup final, Champions League final, I believe that's what players strive for. And if you've got an opportunity on Wednesday, and I think that's where we can take an advantage. You know, I know we are massive underdogs. Sorry? Yeah. It's the following Saturday. Oh, sorry, following Saturday. Um you're really not going to, you know. That's my personal belief. Um, I mean, I'd like, I'd like to get some, uh, uh, some feedback from Phil. I mean, does that play in the back of your mind when you've, you've got a massive game, which you've got, in my opinion, the second biggest football game you're ever going to play in, which is, which is a Champions League final. No disrespect to any other continents that have their own versions, but the Champions League final in Europe to me is only second to the World Cup final. Will these players have a, have a, have a you know that in the back of their mind of I ain't gonna get injury. You know I don't I don't want 
I don't know, I'm going to mess myself up and miss on an opportunity that I may never come around again. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Um, I think, obviously, as you say, it's hard not to sort of have one one eye on that uh, Champions League final. I think, as you said, that's the pinnacle for, you know, especially at club level, um, for any player really to, to play in that. Um, I think it depends on the type of player and the character, really, of the player. I think, you know, there's different um, players. Like, for me personally, um, I would, would not have any eye on any particular game. I just want to give everything in every single game that I ever played in, um, whether it be a final or whether it be a pre-season friendly. Um, I think, you know, at the level that some of these players are playing at now, obviously with the, the money and, and the sort of uh, what's at stake, that is slightly different. Um, but again, I think you'll have certain players who, who will will feel that and just, you know, regardless of what the game is, they'll they'll want to give 100%. They won't shirk a tackle. Um, they won't mind, you know, if, you know, it means they, they, they potentially could miss the game because they just want to win that game and they're sort of so in, sort of in that moment, it doesn't really come into play. Uh, however, I can understand where you're coming from and I think there is certain players who, you know, would love to just coast through that game on, on the weekend and, you know everything goes swimmingly, and then the you know feeling great for the final a uh, couple of weeks later. Um, it is an interesting point, really. As I say, I think a lot of players, um, you know, the ones who certainly I play with, and I, and I get football has changed a little bit now. Um, yeah. you know, the, the game has come on a little bit in terms of you know that this generation doesn't really sort of seem to have, um, the different characters that, especially when I was at the club, you know, you Roy Keane's and people like that. You know, you, you, you was made to, you know, play every single game like it was your last and, you know, you had to put everything out there regardless of, as I say, whether it was a pre-season game or if it was a, you know, Champions League final. Um, but yeah, this day and age, I think, you know, the, the, the way that the game's gone and, and sort of um, certain players nowadays, you, you could be quite right with that. And I think that's why it's a massive opportunity for us. And I have got that little sort of sneaky feeling that, you know, we, we can upset them because, as you say, it's hard not to sort of look at that game in a couple of weeks' time. And, you know, as you say, you know, some of them players are probably going to have one eye on that and it could be a massive, um, you know, thing that we could take advantage of. Um, let's get to the teams, lads. Um, all right, so we've got a couple of comments in here. Matthew, um, evening, mate. Oh, you're doing well. He says, do we get Fred to sit on De Bruyne or Casemiro to control the game? And Richard says... City of bouncer man Mark Casemiro. Now, the home game um, where we won 2 1, that's exactly what we did. We put Fred on De Bruyne and uh, Casemiro played really well. Bruno played wide right. I would be tempted to do something similar. I, there's a question over where you play Shaw. Do you play him as centre back and do you play Hollow or Molassia on that side? Um, I'd probably. I would want to start Wabasaka on the right, and I think probably go with Hello on the left and Shaw in the middle. Um, I don't know what you guys, and I'm just giving my team before it comes to you guys. You, you don't um, want us to win, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm just wondering why you're playing Dello. So. I just think he's, he's been in good form. He, he's played well from the left. Um, in different games, I think he's probably playing at a little higher level than Malassia at the moment. Um, and there's one more game to go, so he'd be in that pick in there. Um, I know that Tenog might well fancy Malassia for that natural balance on that side, considering um, that's what he's done in the past. Um, in midfield, I think Casemiro 
Fred and probably Ericsson, even though Ericsson might well tire on that big pitch, and then Bruno from the right and Ashford in the middle. And I would probably start with, I don't know, you two will probably disagree with this, I'd start with Sancho on the left. My reason being that we don't have much from the bench that's going to change the game. And I feel like in the last few weeks, that's the role that he's used to Garnacho in, that the player is going to change the game from the bench. And I think if you're going to go, the choice seems obvious to me that it's between, because I don't think Anthony's going to be fit as much as he's tried to bluff that. I think the choice is between Sancho and Garnacho. And if you're asking Sancho to come off the bench, I don't think it can make a difference. But I think Sancho's actually played a little bit better lately. I'm not saying that I expect him to be brilliant in the cup final. I just think if you're in the position where you need to make a change, that's the obvious one. So that, that's my team. Obviously, De Gea in net. Although some cads might have you and say that you play someone else, the, the amount of criticism that he gets online. Um, Phil, what, what's the 11 that you're picking if you're the manager on Saturday for the cup final? Um, pretty much the same team as you, Wayne, actually. I think um, the only difference sort of potentially two tweaks I might make is obviously the, the situation with Luke Shaw there. You know, does he play Luke Shaw left back and then obviously have Varane and, and Lindelof or Maguire? Um, or does he play Dallow and play Luke Shaw at centre-half? I sort of couldn't really make my mind up on that myself. But um, yeah, other than that, I think, you know, pretty much the same midfield. And uh, I, I said, obviously, at the start of the, the uh, pod about Ganacho, I think I want him to start me on Saturday. Um, just, just for the reasoning of... Um, you know, Sancho has improved a little bit this season, but, you know, when he's coming up against, you know, some of these defenders, you know, like the Kyle Walkers and stuff, I think, you know, for me, I think, you know, Ganacho is someone, when he has come on, he's made a massive impact and he gets at players and he can beat a man. He's really positive. And I think the way City are going to play, I think he could be someone who we could utilise in terms of on the counter-attack, um, get the ball out to him. And he's not afraid. He's, he's shown that on numerous occasions this year that he's not afraid to, you know, drive into the box, get, you know, get to the bar line, put a ball in. He can cut inside as well and get shots off. Um I think with Sancho he's he's been a bit more reluctant to to sort of do that and he doesn't really sort of get past his man and although he his player looks quite tidy and pretty and he, he can keep the ball a bit better. But I think in this game we are going to need someone who's going to, you know, have a bit more of a cutting edge and be able to beat a man in one-on-one situations in order to create chances. And I think, you know, if we line up with, you know, Ganacho and, and Rashford up there, you've got two players there who can do that in abundance. Yeah. Um, and also, I should say, I think Fred lost De Bruyne. Oh, that, that might be a bit fair. De Bruyne lost Fred to, to set up the goal for City in, in the game of Old Trafford, even though, you know, United did come back and win. That, that was a little bit critical on Fred um, because he generally played well in that game. Um, Richard also says there, Palestri we've got on the bench, which is fair, but I think it, I would like to have seen him give him more of a chance. I think he played some minutes against Fulham, but not really much else of late. Um, if it is a, it's, I know that you, you were disagreeing with me there about Dallo, but the rest of the side, Phil makes a, a better point than what I did, really, that he's done because he's a former pro. Um, but United basically starting with the best team and I mean I remember when we played them 
in September, we were six one down. So by the time he's making changes, it's there to save this. And that's really the cast twenty two where we're at. It's all right saying and I'll destroy destroy my own argument with it. It's all right saying you want to have changes to make later in the game to try and change the impetus, but you've still got to be in that game to win it. So um I'm guessing you're of the inclination, knowing you as I do to start with the best team and start with Garnacho. But where else do you make the changes? What, who are you picking in your 11? I mean, at the, at the back, you know, obviously De Gea, Wan-Bissaka. For me, it's it's Varane and Lindelof, centre-backs. Um, I think the pairing together, I think Lindelof, and I, I'm, I'm not going to turn this into a couple of minutes of bashing Harry Maguire, but we haven't seen the best of Lindelof with Maguire's partnership, let's be honest. Um, I think he's hindered him. He's made him look more vulnerable than what he is what we're seeing right now over the past since you know uh, uh martinez got injured what what we're seeing is the real lindelof that we saw many years ago i think he's an absolutely fantastic player i really do i just think he needs the good center back with him um and in, in either varan or, or <coughs> leecher i think he has that um and we're starting to see that now so for me that's the pairing i would go with lindelof has been absolutely phenomenal the past couple of games he really really has he's come in and he's shone um and then luke shaw for me is is and people can argue with this on me but i think he's still the best left back in england i really do and um, i think he's a fantastic player and that's his best position yeah when he's moved into center back he's done a phenomenal job and that just shows you how good of a defender he is but that would be my four and um, the midfield i would keep pretty much the same and um, i think fred is crucial to this game i really do he just he's just got to be a he's just got to be a spoiler that's what he has to do he just has to stay with the Bruyne and he has to he has to just stop that flow yeah and and as you pointed out you know the Bruyne did did make the goal at all travel but to keep a player of that quality quiet for 89 minutes is is a phenomenal job you're never going to keep players at that quiet for the whole game it's very very rare um, and we can't get Park G sung back so you know we'll have to stick with Fred um and then up front, you know, it, it, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place here. I think Sancho has improved a lot. Um, I think defensively, Sancho offers more than Garnaccio, and, and we have to think about that as well. But, you know, I'll contradict myself and, and by saying at the start of this that I think we should go we should go at City um, right from the beginning, right from the get-go. And if we're going to do that, we need Garnaccio. We really do that. The boy, is, he's just unbelievable. There's no fear in him. Um, they don't know what to expect from him. Um, and obviously with uh, Rashford up front, but yeah, I would I would definitely go with with Garnacho to start. Uh, and like you said earlier on, Wayne, you know who do we have on the bench to bring on? Well, maybe it's an opportunity where we're bringing players on to not win the game. It's to see out the game, and that's where Sancho I think would be better than Garnacho because Garnacho's instant instinct is to just you know charge. Um, I think I think Sancho is a little bit more disciplined because he has a hell of a lot more years under his belt as a professional. Um, so that's that would be my thinking. I, I'm sad that Anthony probably won't make it. I think he'll make the bench. Um, because you know, I love that guy. I think there's there's a player, there's there's a really, really, really world class player in there, and we'll get it out of him. Um, so that would be my team. But I did want to talk about something that you just hit on right at the end of it is uh, Polistri. I mean, he he came on the other the other day, and he was, oh my god, he was phenomenal for a few minutes. Um, I mean, what is the deal with this guy? Um, why can't he get a run in the team? Why can't he get a starting spot? Why can't he get more minutes? And not that I want to jump away from the FA Cup final, but you you know you mentioned the player. If to me it's very baffling that uh, he's not getting any more time than what he's he's getting a minute here, two minutes there. Even when we're winning games well, he's not being brought on. 
Um, obviously, that leads to rumblings on, on social media about that, you know, in training, he's not putting in 100%. There's a bit of a deli alley in him there. You know, he doesn't want to, he's not committed. I don't see that when he comes on, though, you know. Um, uh, I mean, Phil, I want to ask you that question first. Yeah. You know, I mean, what is, yeah, what's I, the deal? Yeah, I, I agree. I think, obviously, he's done everything he can. And I don't think, you know, the, the training situation comes into it. I just think at the moment, because we've got an influx of players who are, you know, ahead of him on paper, um, in them positions that he's playing, I think he's just finding it hard to get sort of you know regular minutes because we have got such a, a, a sort of big influx of players in them positions. But I think what will be massive for him is obviously you know this preseason if he can knuckle down, get his head down, and prove and keep showing it well. Um, you know, come the start of next season, he could be someone who could surprise people in terms of he could come in and be be the player who's maybe a bit of a dark horse who's starting at the start of next season because. You know, some of the players obviously who've been playing there, you know, we just touched on Sancho and, and play people like that, you know, they've come in for a lot of money. But, you know, if you're not pulling up trees and you're not, you know, performing on a consistent basis and to the level that we need and the manager expects, you know, that there's got to be, he's not, he's, he's proven time and time again, he's not afraid to, you know, make big decisions and, and you know, give people opportunities when they're, you know, warranted. So, for me, I agree. He has had uh, some really good cameos this season. He's come on and, and you know, looked really yeah. well. He's shown up great. I think he's just been a little bit unlucky with, um, you know, the, the the sort of type of players that have, have been maybe ahead of him on paper this year. But again, I, I think, you know, massive pre-season for him coming up. And if he, can, if he can show up well in that, then for me, he could be someone who maybe, you know, gets the nod. Um, and he will play a lot more next season, I think. I think it's just timing, really. So Richard, Richard had also mentioned, and this has crossed my mind over the past few weeks. You know, is is this is this the crowning glory for Beckhurst to get the winner and and leave you know on a massive, massive high? Because I, I don't think I don't think any of us are, are under the impression that you know that he is he is going to get a contract and he is good enough for Manchester United. But the the refreshing thing about the guy is he he busts it good every single time, and we know. Over the past four or five years, we've had players that had, had the, all the talent in the world, but they hadn't got one ounce of of, of fire in their belly. Um, and that's what disappointed us a lot. You know, we complained a lot about certain players who just had the God-given talent to be one of the best and they chose not to. Um, if, if, if Beckhurst is kind of on the flip of that, he will, he'll run through a wall, he'll run through a pole. I mean, he'll do whatever he has to do. God, I feel for the guy. Uh, he gets the winner on on Sunday uh, or on Saturday. Um, for me, that would be the icing on the cake uh, for this season for for the rewards that he's put in there. Because there's no way we're giving him a new contract. But um, he he doesn't have the God given talent of a lot of these players that we've had in the past. But what he has over them is is his enthusiasm and his energy and the fact he just wants to win at all costs. And that's what I love about the guy. So. Uh, Rich, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in sync with you there. I think, I think Woot gets on the end of it uh, in the last minute and wins it for United. So. Yeah, well, I, I said that the week. What a story that would be if he, uh, oh. if he scored that goal. I mean, as you say, you know, we've we've seen it all season. He's not, um, you know, a prolific goal scorer. He's not really technically. Uh, what we need in that position but as you said he, he can you know work the line well he runs his socks off his attitude's spot on you know he, he the fans find him infectious because of that um and that that just shows really a lot of the sort of you know 
the, the things you've, you've you, you the, the the bare minimum in terms of when you cross that white line, you know, you put a shift in, you play for the badge, you play for your teammates, you play for the fans, you do the right things, you put your body on the line, and and you know, regardless of you know the technical side of the game, fans will come and respect you and come and cheer yeah. you on just purely based on that. And that's been proven with the likes of him. Um, you know, regardless of you know the, the the technical side of the game, he's proved that you know you, you can um you know do do something in a game and have an impact on a game by just working hard. And I think, you know, for me, obviously the opportunities that he's had this year and the amount of chances he's had that he should have scored and you know I missed look, he missed he missed that absolute sitter against yeah, yeah. against Fulham. I mean it was He's missed, you know, so many good chances that any other probably striker in the league would have, you know, put away. But as you said, you know, when you compare him to someone like your Martial's, you know, completely different spectrums in terms of Martial's technical ability is far superior. But yeah. with the work rate that Wegos, I think United fans would have more sort of, you know, respect and and sort of, you know, would want him to do well because of the just the pure work rate and the passion. Um. So yeah, you know, if if that would, was to happen at the weekend, it'd be a fantastic story and a great way, and it would be rewarding for him because, as you say, you know, he he, he isn't intentionally missing chances, he isn't intentionally yeah. not doing, you know, what what we need him to do as as a striker for Man United, but his attitude and the way he puts himself about on the pitch, and and obviously he seems like a really nice guy as well, um, you know, that that would be a nice, um, you know, swan song for him. I mean, even even looking back to the League Cup final, I mean, you know, after we'd won it, he was, you know, he was still running down the field, sliding yeah. on his knees in front of the fans and all, and, and that's like, what we want. We we'll love it. He doesn't even believe he should be there, and he yeah, can't. Yeah. You know, he's won a ticket to play for Man United, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? He, that, that's the way it comes across, and it, it's yeah. brilliant because you know he's just giving everything every week, and he. he he probably knows hand on heart he's not good enough to be at Man United. He's not good enough to you know be up front, and he's not what we need. But he's he's giving everything to to sort of still, you know, yeah. just just be accepted if you like. And and I think yep. me it'd be it'd be a, a brilliant way for him to to leave the club because you can see how much the club means to him. And you know he's definitely got a good connection with the fans because of the way he puts himself and he comes across. So yeah, that would be the icing on the cake, yeah, especially for for him personally. I think it's a nice way to close the pod, but um, it's an interesting point you say that, Phil. That you know he's not what United need, but maybe he is. The- yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. When I said he's not what United need, I meant in terms of you know that quality number nine. Yeah, the quality, but, but in terms of everything else, like you mentioned, there, all the, the attitude. Yeah, yes, yeah. The application and all that sort of stuff that. They're the things that everyone was questioning 12 months ago, and those are the things yeah. that he's brought in spades. And the, if we see that from the 11 or the 14 or 16, however, however many can take to the pitch these days, if we see that from them all on Saturday, then we're not going to have a complaint regardless of the result. And I think that's the big thing for United this, this time round. And I think you know if if we're all fairly optimistic on this podcast, and I think we would have at the start of the season, we would have probably, if we were to revisit the predictions, we would have said we'd like to win a cup, get to a cup final, and finish in the top four. I think that would have been what we would have kind of hoped for to, to get into yep. two cup finals. One's already on, in the bag, and to see United playing the, the way that you know that they're going to play 
win or lose, you know that the way that they're going to approach the game is going to be um, right. That's all that we can ask for, really. And he does feel like for the first time, and um, we maybe we've said this a couple of times when we've got to cup finals, because cup finals can give you that kind of rosy atmosphere to think further down yep. the line than what we, we thought was like Van Gaal. I think we both, you and I, Dave, definitely for sure with Van Gaal, we thought, you know, it feels a lot more like United because it, it felt like they were backs against the wall and Van Gaal was like leading that commando charge and under yep. Mourinho, something similar. Under Oli, we felt we wanted to feel that way because it was Oli, but uh, and maybe, maybe this is the same kind of thing. Maybe I'm just getting carried away, but it feels like there's something a lot more su- substantial there something significant that we're moving forward as a club and um, sometimes, and I, I include Arsenal in this, sometimes it can feel like you, you've you gone too far, like you, you, you've shot high, you've aimed high, we, there's nothing wrong in that, but you've got ahead of yourself and it's given a perception that you're further in, for, in forward, you're further in front of your development than what you actually are. And Arsenal fans are probably in that middle delusion now where they think you know they think that they're all further forward, that they're going to be challenging all the time. The reality is that they're probably going to have some kind of regression. Whereas United, I think most of us are sensible to know where we are, how far we've come, and how far there is still to go. And we mentioned it right at the, at the top. Are we as good a team as today? Probably not. But can we beat them on a day? We absolutely can. And is the point about winning the league title playing City 38 times. No, it isn't. It's about playing them twice and accumulating the points over the other 36 games. And that's where Ten Hag's trying to find the solutions. Um, having said that, doesn't matter how many times we play anyone in the league, but it's City once in the FA Cup final on Saturday. Um, and certainly, talking to Dave and Phil tonight, I feel a lot more optimistic about our chances on Saturday. I'm <laughs> pessimistic, but you guys are certainly more positive positive than I have been. I'm going to stop short of asking you for your predictions. I think you both want United to win, but I'm not going to put you on the spot because they can come back and bite us. Um, but hopefully over the next week, we'll all reconvene to talk about it, uh, pick the bones out of it either way. Um, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments in after the um, after the event. If you're watching on the replay, we can still comment and reply to those comments. And if you're listening back on the audio podcast as well, be sure to um, subscribe and leave a review on the platform that you're listening on. Thanks a lot, guys. Travelling down for the final, um, enjoy it and safe travels. If you're watching it wherever you are in the world, um, really enjoy it. We have a great day on Saturday and we'll be back um, with various shows till next week. I'll be back with Paul. Um, Harry will be back with the other uh, with Stephen and Peter on, for, on Monday night to talk about the game. And hopefully Dave and Phil and Lee uh, we'll be back at some point next week as well and we'll convene and talk about the final and preview the summer's activities. Until then, guys, stay safe, stay well. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.